Cold Stove Podcast. I am live from Austin, Texas. Brett Merriman as your host. NRD in the building with me from Parts Unknown. NRD, what is going on with you on this lovely Thursday? I'm actually in the uh, the hospital ward of Parts Unknown right now. A little bit, oh, on, no. a little bit under the weather, but we uh, adapt, improvise, and overcome, as they say, in the, uh, right. the armed forces. So we're here. Another episode of Cold Stove. Excited to hit the ground running. There you go. There you go. Big news today in hockey NRD. Do you get fired up over reverse retro jerseys like the timeline does? There's certain reverse retro jerseys I get fired up over. Others I couldn't care less. But seeing uh, the Gordons Fisherman back on the ice for the first time in, you know, what, 20, 30 years, I'm, I'm pretty damn excited. That'll be a fun one. I, I love, like, the Caps tickle my fancy going back to – I just – I see that jersey. I think of Olaf Kolzig immediately um i i liked you know the, the sabers one eh fine nothing really tickles my fancy here a ton uh like the islanders like the wild like the stars i and, oh the canucks too going to the uh kind of the lumberjack johnny logo. canuck yes very very good stuff but i don't understand like what does reverse retro mean it, Can you tell me? It's like sort of, sort of retro, sort of new. Yeah, I, I mean, what? I what, think what the are we concept behind it was to like, like the the fisherman jersey, for example, right? Like, mm-hmm. take that jersey from ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, and then flip the colors to like current modern colors with a little bit of hint of the past, but now. But then you have teams like Seattle and Vegas, who are have nothing to throw it back to. So Vegas, cool thing about Vegas jersey, actually, they're one of my favorites. The they have a diagonal font, which, yeah, so original. But the font is the font from the Stardust Hotel on, on the lettering. And then the mm, numbering okay. is the font from the Excalibur. So they're not really retroing to anything, but they're throwing it back to their roots of the city. I like that. Um, but then you got Carolina, who they are using a retro jersey, but the retro jersey is their 2018 third jersey. So mm. how far are you really throwing it back for a team that's had, you know, a good couple of decades of history at this point? They're throwing it back to two years ago, three years ago. So totally, I, I you know it's just one of those things that some teams it feels like they take it seriously, others kind of mail it in. Detroit, and Chicago just got in the same room apparently and said, "Let's do the same thing." <laughs> so I don't, I don't know it, the the whole concept of it. Cool, it gives some timeline, some some fodder, but I, I'm not necessarily jumping over somebody else to try to get these jerseys. I, I'll just say that that much i like when they do the heritage classic or the outdoor games and they bring back those jerseys like the sabers one i bought but these don't really do it for me well cool the whole thing, concept doesn't do it for cool me. thing is with the with this year's winter classic i know that the penguins are bringing back their uh baby blue with the diagonal pittsburgh from the 60s so good so, so good that's a little scoop for you um those are the jerseys that pittsburgh's gonna be wearing but yeah no i, I don't i don't think like you i don't think i'm gonna be jumping over jumping through hoops trampling over people on Black Friday to get these jerseys. That being said, if I were to pick up a couple, because I am a hockey jersey connoisseur just as a collector, um, I'd definitely pick up the Islanders, the Capitals, like you mentioned. Vegas is cool, and, you know, we'll go from there. I do like the, t- the Tampa Bay Storm uniforms are so 90s that you almost have to love them. They're they're so bad, they're good yeah, kind of thing. exactly. They're so just absolutely 90s, awful, like, paper mache together type of thing. But you know where I will spend some money, NRD, and I'm happy to do it, is on DraftKings, our partner for this hockey season. Hockey fans, finally time to hit the ice again like we've been talking about. And thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, 
an official sports betting partner of the NHL. You're in for the season of a lifetime. How about this deal, NRD? New customers bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Can't beat that. Yeah, only if they win? Only if they win. Wow. Only if they win. Sounds like a steal. But, I mean, you, you can throw a couple couple different bets there. I think you're, you got a pretty good chance. You got a very good chance. Why not? If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. That would be perhaps like Eichel and Marchessault to score and Vegas to win. That's a, I bet you that's a pretty good payout right there. Probably could happen, too. Combine bets uh, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot and an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. That is something that very much separates DraftKings from the others. Uh, call them less reputable sources. You know what I'm saying, NRD? The pre, uh, pre, the pre sports book era. We'll just leave the it. Pre sports book era. We'll leave it at that. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the. I'm looking at the slate tonight. Who do I like? Ooh, I like Montreal at home. Against Arizona, that's a favorite. And then a dog I'll give you. How about Dallas on the road in Toronto? Getting a, a nice line there, plus 150 money line for Dallas. And if you want to throw a little extra in there in the Montreal game, talk about those same game, par- same game parlays. Sure. Throw, uh, throw a little Cole Caulfield to score action in there Ooh, with Montreal. Okay. How about that? Dude, you're just in an ad read, we're giving you, uh, we're giving you, we're giving you picks. NRD, the best, the best tot of them all. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code WASHED. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code WASHED at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, NRD, where do you want to start? How about the, uh, we, we mentioned the Leafs. Briefly there, is there as much cause for concern as there was last week? Little, uh, little slow start, if you if you will, for Toronto and Tampa. Yeah, I mean, not having Matt Murray there is going to hurt them. Uh, mm-hmm. They're down in the same goaltending situation they were to end last season, and you know, we not to like brag on this Leafs team week after week, but it has been goaltending and defense as their issue for quite some time now. And every year it has been the same issue and those issues haven't been addressed. So when we talk about, you know, like we did last week, uh, Kyle, Kyle Dubas, and I know what people love when I call him Dubas because that's my little quick little nickname I have for him at this point. When we talk about his contract being up at the end of the year and him not possibly not returning, if you're Shanahan and you're upper management at Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, how do you look at, you know, this team, which is stacked up front, but has the same issues in the net and defense year after year after year. And you know what? We're starting another season with those same issues. It's tough. It's tough. You just look at the team. You know, they, you know, they're good. You know, they, they have the, the probably the, one of the best top four in the, in the game. And if you look at just top of the line talent, but there's always something. There's always seems to be something, and and it's sort of been the Edmonton curse for a while. It's like you have the best player in the world, and two of the top five, top ten mm-hmm. in the world. But it's just there's always something wrong. And now Jack Campbell's in there, so you think maybe that's kind of the uh, the fix. But then Buffalo goes in on Stewart Skinner and puts up four goals, and 
here we go. I don't know. I don't know what you, what you want to see from Toronto now. Sheldon Keefe's kind of in the news, talking about elite players and walking these things back. It just seems like one of those things that maybe it's early and we're reaching for stuff to talk about, which happens. Overreaction uh, Thursday on Cold Stove. But maybe where there's smoke, there's fire with these teams. Yeah, I mean, there's been smoke for quite some time. And and you brought up Sheldon Keefe, his comments. I really so, so weird so weird to say that you know and this is a very loose paraphrasing maybe not i mean what i interpreted as was arizona sucks they don't have any players we have all the elite players and you know we just got to execute better it had nothing to do with them you know you lost you were a minus what 490 favorite and you lost to a to a depleted arizona team on at home you have your guys going no you don't have matt murray in the net but you have to overcome that if you're an elite team in this league. And, and it seems like for years now, the Leafs have, whether it's an injury excuse, a COVID excuse, or just simply playing down to their opponents, they faltered in the games that they really shouldn't have faltered in. And that's not even touching their first round issues in the playoffs. So, you know, they're, yeah, could we absolutely be reaching for stuff on this Thursday? Yes. But at the same time, it's not like we've haven't had this similar conversation about the Leafs for a few years now. So, mm-hmm. you know, is it overreaction or is it just, you know, the definition of insanity? Keep doing the same things over and over again. The Leafs are in the same spot that they've been in for many years. No doubt. Let's stay north of the border. Let's whip around. Quick episode today. Uh, NRD's got places to go, people to see, perhaps. Not um, not uh, hands to shake and babies to kiss. Because staying no, out no, of that. No, right no, no. None of that. You're staying out of that. Staying out of that. Uh, We'll stay north of the border, though. Do the Canucks players hate each other, NRD? Yeah. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux. <laughs> what a wild situation that is. <laughs> Bruce Boudreaux is just letting the thing run like the wild, wild west. Um, and whatever happens, happens. This is another team that I think should be achieving a little bit more than they are. And I hate to say I told you so, but JT Miller. That's why you don't give JT Miller eight years. Um, because he's simply... <clears throat> Is a streaky player, and he's talented when he's on, but when he's off, oh boy, is he off. And we're mm-hmm. seeing it right now. It's 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 just it's kind of sad, you know. You, you wonder like what is going on, and they they need a kangaroo court and then some in that locker room. Yeah, absolutely. Basically, I mean, it basically said, that, yeah, we're we're not much of a team right now, and you can't like it's three games into the season. How can you you, you spend all summer? Get the guys at Kelowna. Get the guys at, at Banff Spring Mountain, the mountain course. Like, do something to bring this team together or single out the locker room cancer and try to cut it out of your team. Like, how do, how are we here? How do you get here as a GM and a coach? How do you get here? The only th- how do you let this happen? The only thing I'll ponder, and this is something that going back to the trade deadline last year when we spoke on this podcast about why, you know, the New York Rangers weren't as hot for JT Miller as some of the media was reporting was because of some of those issues when he was in New York, immaturity. So to your point, let's address the locker room cancer. Is it easy to do that when that guy is on an eight-year contract that he just signed? I'm not putting anything out there that, you know what I mean? Like this is speculation. Mm-hmm. This is what we do on the show. But if guys like JT Miller are that issue, or other guys in the locker room point to a guy like JT Miller saying, he got paid and he's not putting it all on the ice every night, how do you address those issues? I mean, it, it seems like from the top down in that organization, they're in shambles right now. And it's, it's, who's going to be the fall guy? No, yeah. Curtis Lazar. <laughs> Blame it on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's just like, what are we doing? 
you know, you, you, what are we doing? And you have OEL over there, Tyler, like you have older defensemen. Like this, this doesn't stream a, a team that should be dealing with this shit. Correct. The forwards are young, but like Miller's 29. I mean, Tanner Pearson, Ilya Mikheyev, Connor Dart, like everybody's late 20s at the very least. It doesn't, it, it doesn't stream like a team that should be that immature. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's one of those that if they get hot, they get hot. And if they get cold, they are going to get really cold. Really cold. Yes. Let's talk hot and cold teams, though, shall we? Carolina, New York Rangers, Calgary, and Boston all look fantastic, in my opinion. San Jose, New Jersey, Minneapolis, and like we said, Vancouver struggling. Any of those eight teams pop out to you uh, more than another, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about them a lot in this podcast, and we try to diversify the teams that we talk about all the time, but there's a reason why we're talking about them. New Jersey, they should be a lot better than they are, and, you know, the fire Lindy Ruff movement is as loud as it's ever been. You know, I'll, I'll throw my hand up. I had heard that he was going to be gone at the end of last year. He clung on like a cockroach during a nuclear firestorm, and, and he's there to start the year. But they hire Andrew Burnett to come in as an associate head coach, and, and I tweeted this out the other night. Andrew Burnett is not going to assist an associate for that long. You know, he, he came in presumably with the idea that he's going to be the head coach of the New Jersey Devils sooner than later. And, and you know it's that fine line, right? Like, because the go- the goaltending in New Jersey's been atrocious, and and it you have to put that footnote in there. But that being said, it seems like the locker room is disinterested in winning. They're disinterested in playing hard. They have talented players, and it just doesn't strike me as Lindy Ruff being the coach that matches that talented, young, fast style of hockey that they have the roster built. And that's why a lot of the times I've absolved Tom Fitzgerald, the GM there, of a lot of blame because I think he's put together a pretty damn good roster of players, but they're undercoached, they're outmatched every night, and they just seem out-efforted. I know that's not a word, but they just stink on ice right now, and I think they're a lot better than what they're showing. Yeah, and it's just one of those things It feels like Carolina's had this problem in the past, especially in the playoffs. They don't have a, a guy. They should have a guy, like Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, that, like they have guys, but they don't have the guy. And somebody's in their car right now being like, what the fuck do you mean, Brad? Like, that's such a dumb well, way. Well, I don't think but it's dumb. But they just don't have a turn to, like, you can send him out on the power play and know there's going to be a high danger scoring chance. And there's a lot of guys, but there's not the guy in New Jersey. And so how do you, it just kind of feels like, all right, if we get down a goal or two, which they, to their credit, they did come back. I texted you the other day. I was like, oh, boy, yeah. this could be really <laughs> ugly. And they they came back. They did. They had some fight in them. They had some dog in them. But it feels like if you go one or two down, it's like the Sabres of old. It's like the end of the world in, in New Jersey. And the goaltending hasn't been perfect. I'll put it that way. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think you have a dumb point. They have guys on their roster that can be the guy. I think Jack Hughes can be the guy. He has all the talent in the world. He's one of the most exciting young players in this league. Um, Nico Hiche is a great two-way center. They can be that guy. The problem is they're young, so it, it's not like they're out of time, but you have to bring in the coach that elevates their skills and develops them to be the guy. I don't think Lindy Ruff is that coach. So when you say they don't have a guy, it's not that they don't have guys on the roster that can be that guy. They're not letting those guys be that guy. And I know I just said guy about right. 700 times, so I hope you're still following <laughs> if you're listening. But, yeah, I, I don't think it's a dumb point for that reason. I think they need that coach that can help, you know, the Hughes and the Hiches of the world step up. 
Speaking of coaches that are getting the most out of their guys, is this Philly start for real? Yeah, I think Philly's With John Tortorella. I mean, they lost one now, so eighty-one and one is still on the table. Um, it's very true. <laughs> you know, they could do it. Yeah, Tortorella's spoken up and down all offseason about how like the cupboards are bare. You saw that interview where they asked him, um, "Is there anything to be excited about? Anything you could build on?" And he said, he goes, "No,", no. <laughs> and that was it. There wasn't any context. The answer was no. With a period at the end of that sentence. Um, but then they start off the season, what, three and one, two and one, three and three one. And right one. So your Philadelphia Flyers, not your as an NRD, but you're the plural. Your Philadelphia Flyers are three and one to start the year. Did he Herb Brooks this staff? Is that what I'm thinking? Yeah, I mean, or this 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 team, maybe they're just playing with enough fear in them that it's <laughs> like they're, they're literally playing like their lives depend on it um, and nothing else. But. I don't know. They're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to, they're going to be in the Bedard hunt. Eventually they're just going to be burnt out. They don't have enough in the stable to to continue the success, but they're going to, we knew, you know, we knew all along they were going to be a better coach club with John Tortorella. I don't think anybody disagreed with that statement. It was more so Chuck Fletcher, his decisions to not go harder after Johnny Gaudreau, his decisions to Mm -hmm. build the roster as if it was a contender one piece away and not a rebuilding team that they are. But I don't think anybody questioned their effort and their work ethic was going to improve under Tortorella. And I think that's what's carried them in the first four so far. Also, Carter Hart putting up a 943 right now. That helps. It does. The old uh, the old adage is, uh, show me a good coach, I'll show you a good goalie. Yeah, and, and that's the opposite of the New Jersey, New Jersey Devils we just spoke about. <laughs> um, it is fun to see, though. It's one of those things, I think, when Tortorella sets the table like he did, buries his guys all off season. Oh, this group fucking stinks. I got I got my work cut out for me. Holy shit. It gives you a little bit of a band together approach. Like I mentioned Herb Brooks. Oh, fuck this guy. It's us against him. And now you have a hockey team. Not bad. Not bad. You know what? I'll give Torch credit. If he keeps this up, I'll give him credit. Another team that I'll give a lot of credit to is Boston. Everybody kind of giving them myself included. Saying, oh, Boston's washed. They don't have it. Krejci's a shell of himself coming back. Nope, they look great. They look great. They got enough guys to do it. Krejci, they'll get Marshan going. What do you see from Boston so far that's like, oh, yeah, no, they're just, they're just the same old Bruins? No, there's nothing I see. Well, same old meaning they're a contender, right? Cra- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, yeah. It's like they, they like fuck the noise. But the, the people saying we're washed, we're old. No, they're just, they're the Bruins. Well, you know, the theme so far in the three teams that we've talked about has been coaching. Actually, the four, if you want to talk about Sheldon Keefe in Toronto as well. Um, sure. Is coaching. And, you know, their start doesn't bode well for the torchbearers of Bruce Cassidy didn't lose the locker room. Because it mm-hmm. seems like they're playing like a one unit, the opposite of Vancouver, where it's just <laughs> a bunch of guys showing up in the locker room. It looks like Boston is all in. Um, having Krejci back is huge. That that check connection line of him, Pasternak, and uh, Krejci, Pasternak, and, and Zaka has been awesome to see. Um, it just seems like Boston has gotten back on track, to your point, the same old Bruins, a contender in and out, and largely in part to Jim Montgomery's letting them play that four-checking tough style of hockey that we've known Boston to play for years. And they're playing loose. They're playing free. It doesn't look like they're playing with, you know, with a piano on their back at all times, which I we've seen in the past season or two, they've played like that and it's hurt them. So playing loose, playing free, 
Seems like the camaraderie's there. Seems like having David Krejci back, Bergeron buying in for another year. Yeah, it really does seem like the Boston Bruins are playing free right now. That's and that's all you can that's all you can hope for with a team like that is just say okay, let Pasta go. Marshawn's still hurt, obviously. So I when I say get him going, I mean get him back at some point. But I mean, if you can, if you have a winning record, and then you insert Brad Marshawn back into this lineup, look out. Yeah. Absolutely. And all the teams that were like, oh, I wonder if they, you know, take a step back, et cetera. Nope. Pittsburgh, good. The uh, the Hurricanes, good. Boston, good. Rangers, good. Rangers, good. They did wave Dryden Hunt. Did you see that coming? You know, it's weird. Gerard Gallant has his guys, and I thought Dryden Hunt was one of them. But they brought in two more Gerard Gallant guys in Ryan Carpenter and Vinny Trocek this offseason. So maybe in the hierarchy of Gerard Gallant guys, Dryden Hunt just isn't on that list high enough. Yeah. But Kravtsov's going to be found, back. So I think that it's found that interesting. It. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, let's let's a little bit to uh, some young guys. Shane Wright and Yuri Slavkovsky. Anything from them that's impressed you this far? Or do they do they stay all season, perhaps? Not impressed. I'm surprised that Shane Wright's already been, you know, a healthy scratch. Um, yeah. Why? Why would you do that? I don't understand that. Jack Quinn got scratched too in Buffalo, and it's like, man, if you're gonna scratch these guys all season, why not just put them down? And you know, I, I guess maybe Wright can't. Is there? Is he still under that CHL rule where he'd have to go back to? He is. And, and I think the pro with like nothing. I don't want to take anything away from Jack Quinn. I think he's a good prospect. But what really perturbs me about Shane Wright is. This was a guy who was touted as the can't miss number one, maybe two years ago, a year ago today. I mean, shoot, until until he didn't get taken, it was pretty much, or I guess maybe a week before. Yeah, when it was and like, when you heard Yuraj Slavkovsky at one, you assume Shane Wright's going two, but then he doesn't go till four. So we kind of have an inkling from what I've heard and what from many I've heard. He didn't interview well. Yeah. And that definitely hurt him. Um, but the fact that he's also not playing every game in the first, you know, week or so in Seattle, what happened in that pre-draft buildup, you know, <laughs> that Shane Wright is now not like not only the can't miss number one, he's not playing right away. And yes, like you said, right. it does help. It does hurt, you know, that he can't slide the contract to the minors. He has to go back to CHL. He wouldn't be there for the year. So you want to keep him with the club. But if you're Seattle and you have nothing else to lose, because you're not really going to compete in that Pacific division. I don't see why. Shane Wright wouldn't be an everyday player unless something was wrong with whether it's his eth work ethic, his mentals right now, is something like that. And I hope everything's all right with him. But I just don't see a reason why Seattle wouldn't make him an everyday player. Yeah, me neither. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Do do one or the other. Like send him down to the minors. Not minors. You know what I mean. Send him to the juniors mm -hmm. and just say, go score 160 points. Find your love from the game and work your ass. Like play a junior season like an NHL player. Be in the rink at 9 a.m. every day. Like, like, do it the right way. And then we'll talk about next year when we can. But that's where, like, it feels like Yuri Slavkovsky doesn't have that same problem in Montreal. He's He looks the part. He's big enough. He's strong enough. Yeah, and, and it's a, it's been fun watching them. I've kind of found myself tuning into Montreal games just to watch him and Caulfield and Suzuki. They're kind of a fun team that doesn't have the weight of expectations on them. But as fun guys. And I think you just hit the nail on the head. The antithesis of the Shane Wright thing that I just said is Montreal Slavkovsky. They're playing free. I mean, they have no expectations. Marty St. Louis letting guys go out there and develop. That's why he's been such a successful coach so far in Montreal. Um, and it just seems like 
Dave Haxall's defensive system is a lot to learn for a young Shane Wright. Um, it's a lot to learn for a lot of guys in the league because it confuses the fuck out of me sometimes. Dave Haxall's defensive mm-hmm. system. So, you know, it just seems like the, the tale of two two cities. Seattle, you got a guy who should be in the lineup every night, but it seems like they want to play competitive grind him out hockey. And then Montreal, they got another young guy who they're just playing and having fun out there. And you can see it in his game. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, no doubt. So lo- lo- looking looking for more out of them, um, just real quick on the Jack Quinn thing, that the best player on the Buffalo Sabres in 2022 so far has been J.J. Paterka. Which is exciting if you're a you Buffalo can, fan. And you, can, and you can find on this very podcast that I was – yeah, I'm the biggest J.J. Paterka fan. And I I said, and I've said this to you privately, I've said this to so guys in the Buffalo universe, I said, don't, don't be surprised if Jack Quinn goes back to Rochester because he's just not ready yet. He's a talented scorer, but the, he's not fast. He's not physical. And this game can eat you up if you get outspeeded and outphysicaled. Both not words, but both, you know what I mean. Yeah. JJ Paterka has that gear that he's still learning the North American ice. But man, he is a talented, tenacious hockey player. He is very much in the in the Jesper Brat category. Joel Farabee. Speed. Like they're not the most talented hockey players in the world. But boy, do they make things they happen. They play fast. And J- they play fast. They play tenacious. They're pesty. And they have you know they might not have the the Ovechkin shot or the the McDavid dangles or you know it's it it's not that level, but when you play the game like they do, it just makes things happen for your teammates, and it's been proven. I mean the the Paterka Cousins uh, line for Buffalo and whoever whatever win they've had on that has been fantastic. Outplaying their their first you know Skinner Thompson Tuck line. They've been a fun team to watch. Um, they really have, and I'm not just saying that. Oh, I know. I'm not just saying that. They've been a fun team to watch. Um, the the goal that Thompson scored the other night was tremendous. Oh, beautiful. Um, they've been you. They they. I think they're, you know, I, I don't think I have to pull any punches with you when it comes to talking about Buffalo in this podcast. You know, I've been more of the critic. Um, and you've been carrying mm-hmm. that weight for Buffalo. I think we have that good bet, good cop, bad cop for the Buffalo Sabers on here. Sure. I stand corrected. I think Buffalo is quickly approaching that Montreal young team, not going to make the playoffs, but fun to watch category for me this year. Yeah, I, I I think that's kind of that's sort of the play. Hey, play loose, play fast. Expectations are higher than they've been, but they're certainly not Stanley Cup aspirations right mm-hmm. now because this the young guys still need to grow. But I I still am. I said if you give me eighty nine and a half points over under, I'll take that. Like they're going to be playing meaningful hockey in March, if not April. Yeah. These Buffalo Sabres. So, um, play Calgary tonight. It should be a fun. That's kind of a, a yardstick. Like, where, where are we? Big time. You know, they beat Edmonton at Edmonton. Playing against Stuart Skinner. Eric Comrie has a huge night. So, now it's like, okay, take that emotion out of it. Where where are we tonight? So, if they get blitzed 5-1, I wouldn't be surprised. And if they win a 3-2 game, I won't be surprised. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of one of those things. Like, where where is this team and what do we have so far? Uh, last thing in our deep. Actually, two two quick things. One, hoping Jakub Vrana gets the help he needs. Correct. He went into NHL's uh, player assistance program. No other details other than that. Just hoping that whatever it is that he's dealing with, he gets the help and the treatment and the support that he needs. You know, he no doubt he has the support. He has um, the support. That, Hopefully, uh, we see him back in the ice this year, sooner than later. Exactly. Um, and then a couple other guys 
dealing with more injury things, uh, Aaron Ekblad and Gabe Landeskog, both out for an extended period of time. That sort of feels like a couple of big injuries have, have derailed teams from the start here, no? Not only derailed teams from the start, I think you want to talk about Aaron Ekblad in specific. I think it's derailed Aaron Ekblad's career. Um, Aaron Ekblad's yeah, had gosh. a lot of these pop-up injuries where it's like, there's not like, you didn't see him go down into the boards in a game, you know, and they had to stretch him off or carry him off. It's like, you know, a game goes by and then the next morning, you know, coach speaks at the press conference and says, Ekblad's going to LTIR. And we've seen this a couple of mm-hmm. times now in his career, which is sad because he's a great defenseman. I believe one of the few that had granted exceptional status in the O as a defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, top pick, great talent. And it just seems like Florida needs him to succeed um, if they want to go all the way because he's a piece there on that blue line. When you get Mark Stahl getting dog walked like he did by, uh, who was it, Pasternak the other day? Um, or was it Pasternak? I think it was. Oh, I don't know. I, if, I whatever, think I, you, you could tell me. You could tell me. Brett Merriman dog walked Mark Stahl, though. I believe. Yeah. So it's like when he's when he's the guy on the blue line matched up against Pasternak's line. It's like yeah, they need Ekblad yeah. in the lineup in Florida. But no, to your point, teams are getting derailed by injuries, and then there's teams like Minnesota who don't really have injuries and they're just derailed right now. So, mm-hmm. well, what he'll need before he gets back is our friends over at FitBod NRD. FitBod is the number one workout app. Uh, that I've ever used. Promise you that. It's easy to fall out of good habits, like exercising when fun season turns into busy season. And that's what Q4 is all about. Holidays, a lot of sports on TV, cold weather, you can throw the sweatshirt on and kind of hide some stuff. FitBod's there for you to, uh, to get back in shape here. But putting off working out leads to the same old New Year's resolution to get fit. FitBod smart workout app scientifically tailors an exercise program to your goals. Uh, equipment and schedule so you can keep your full calendar and your summer gains. NRD, the best part about this app, you go to the gym, you go to your apartment gym, you go to your your home workout, you can tailor the exercises based on your recovery. So it's like if I'm sore today and it's if if my legs are sore because I played a men's league game last night, I don't want to do legs today even though my workout says so, you can etch them out. Say my legs are at 0%. It'll be like no problem. We got you. Let's customize something else for you. Number two, it you can literally to the to the dumbbell number customize your uh, what you have available to oh, you. Nice. Some apartment gyms have a bunch of stuff. Some have a few things like they have a squat rack, but it's a Smith machine and it's not a free kind of a free weight. You know, a barbell. Tailor it to everything you have at your disposal, and that's one of my favorite things about it. Their smart workout app creates a custom dynamic exercise program based on your goals, experience, and equipment, like I said, then varies your routine to avoid overtraining. Their algorithm uses data and analytics to scientifically build your best next workout and maximize results. You can see your muscle usage, your recovery, achievements, and workout streaks right in the app. So you're in control with workouts designed just for you, so you get exactly what you need. I use this app every single day, and by every single day, I mean... Uh, most days. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. You, you men's league game. That's your workout. But no, definitely. No, definitely. Doubt. Definitely. Thanks to our sponsors there for that one. Keep your workout momentum going and get personalized workouts from FitBod that get tougher as you do. Get twenty five percent off your subscription or try out the app for free when you sign up now at FitBot.me 
slash stove. That's 25% off your subscription or try it for free at fitbod.me slash stove. NRD, last thing I have for you, and then we'll get out of here. The salary cap, huh, might be going up another $4 million next year. Wonder why that happened, NRD. Let's maybe, uh, we've mentioned on this podcast before, the fun folks up in Canada and America who are all pessimistic about everything. You know, the flat tap's going to be here for the next 10 years while the players pay back the owners. Nope, guess what? Already done. Already done. NHL bringing in record revenue. TV ratings are up. Billions upon billions upon billions of dollars, despite the Arizona Coyotes' best efforts going into the lead coffers and therefore the owners' pockets. Now we can raise the salary cap up and everybody wins. NRD, just uh, anything on that? Not only did we tell you or did we kind of expect it, we told you so on this podcast. For, for it's, uh, That's my whole point is these people are so fucking negative in this league and they just don't. It's like the, the old school way of being like, I hate my league, I hate my league, I hate my league, but it's like an abusive relationship. But you always like, watch. No. You'll always, yeah. Right, you'll always watch. You yeah, buy the reverse the, retro the, jerseys. And then they date keep. And it's like, no, you can't listen. You can't watch the NHL. It's this, this. It's just so fucking annoying dealing with these people in this in the in the media. But we told, I mean, we told you it wasn't going to be a one or two million dollar jump either. It's a significant leap for the cap, and then there's yeah. going to be another significant leap a couple of years after that, if not the next year after that. So exactly. when we talked for weeks in the off season about these contracts, like why is Vinny Trocheck getting a seven year deal, or why you know is is this guy getting a five year deal? It's because you know. I don't think teams are too worried. They're going to have the money to afford that down the line. Exactly. Exactly. When we look at the, the salary cap in five years, it's everybody's contracts are going to be, they're going to feel inflated because that's what you're conditioned to. You're conditioned to 2015 to 2022 mm-hmm. contract values. So like, don't look at the value. Look at the percentage of the contract or the salary cap that the contract is taking Correct. up. As we move forward here, it's a good thing for the league. You know, Players need to be paid more. Our league is a joke when Connor McDavid is making the 280th best NBA player's salary. You know, just stuff like that is just not – it doesn't bode well for the future of the league. If, if you want to stay one of the four big sports, and MLS will start getting these big contracts because that's more popular than ever, you got to got to keep Absolutely. up with money-wise. And the salary cap increasing will help us do that. It's, it's just I'm, – I'm basically dunking on the pessimism of – Canadian media saying that we're going to be at a flat cap error for the next decade. So that's that's all I wanted to do here, NRD. Anything else before we jump out? No, all uh, all good stuff. Definitely appreciate those that have listened to my raspy, strained voice in this episode. <laughs> but we will be back next week. Maybe we'll do a Twitter space soon with some of you guys uh, hopping in there. We appreciate it a ton. Love it. Love it. Let's do a Twitter space next week. Uh, we'll do like a first intermission Twitter space. I like that. that sounds like a good time. Follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Cold Stove Pod and shoot us questions or topics that we need to cover. It's fun, uh, fun ripping it up with you guys in the in the comments and the DMs at Cold Stove Pod. Uh, please subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend about the pod. Get your hockey uh, hockey insight in thirty five minutes today. How about us keeping it nice and tight? I am Brett Merriman at Schmerriman. On both Twitter and Instagram, NRD, where can the folks find you? They can find me on Twitter at NHL Rumors Daily. That is the only place they're going to find me right now, but we'll see. He's not going anywhere. We'll see. Ooh. We'll see. Ooh, Might be able okay. to find me some other places. 
coming up soon. Little little tease. There you go. NRD, thank you. Uh, we'll see you guys yep. next week. See you.